Yeah, welcome back to Restless. It's uh, Father Joseph Gill here. He's coming at you from Stamford, Connecticut with Paul and Diane. Can we have chat GPT do the intros from now on? <laughs> Just like we did one time. That, that one time? Yeah. Are you saying my intros are bad? I was trying to sound like a very wise man. I was scratching my invisible beard. Well, you're, you're wise, so you don't have to... You don't have to. You sound like one because you are one. So therefore, somebody who's you, you sound like somebody who is wise because you are wise. Oh, well, thank you. But I don't know if I fit into that declaration because we're going to talk about wisdom and what is wisdom and what, whether or not we are wise and can we grow in wisdom today. So let's dive right into that question of wisdom. I think it's an important question because you know we live in a world that really uh, glorifies experts, and we love to find people that are experts, which is good. You know, if I want to have heart surgery, I'm going to try to get the, the most expert in heart surgery. But do we sometimes do we sometimes um, emphasize expertise over wisdom? And is there a difference? What's the difference? So go for it. What is wisdom? How would you define it? I don't know. I'm sure somebody will look up some definition, but I look at wisdom as, well, let's see, the combination of knowledge and experience and the prudence to know how to utilize it and when to. Oh, prudence. I like that connection there. Because prudence, I think, I mean, prudence, of course, being one of the uh, temp- uh, cardinal, no, cardinal virtues. Yeah, mm-hmm. cardinal virtues. Um, it, it is the one that directs us to know when we should exercise what. Correct. So it's not just what you know, but, but when to apply it. Correct. Almost a more practical thing. It's like Correct. practical knowledge in a sense. Yeah, but... I think one who is wise knows, like, for example, if somebody comes to you with some issue and you know how to solve that issue, to, I'm speaking as a man, so we, we solve issues, but <laughs> like, what you we, see, what we do. You know, uh, if you, if you know, if you know a practical solution for an issue, you can voice that and that might be helpful or might not, but maybe the, your wisdom, your knowledge and experience tells you that maybe you just need to hear it and take it in and not mm. provide us like so there's a wisdom there well a wise man who has a wife will do that that's he will just listen probably true he will not talk <laughs> right um so that would be a using wisdom or knowing that this person doesn't need shouldn't just be given a solution they should you know not just given a fish but taught how to fish um so maybe providing a, a, a method to find the solution that they're looking for okay hmm. yeah so like you're acting upon it. It's not just theoretical. Correct. Yes, I agree with that. So I would I would say the wisdom is understanding the meaning behind things. Like for example, um, you know, I mean, a, a doctor could tell you how your body works, but wisdom would say why you were made. What's the purpose of it? Not just the biological purpose, but the more existential purpose. To no love and serve God. Right. Do we want to hear what St. Thomas Aquinas has to say? I, of, course I, of course we do. Okay. Yeah. What is Aquinas All right. Say? So according to the Catechism of the Summa, so this was written by a, uh, um, a Dominican. Um, and that, right. that, that fits. <laughs> yep. Either that or Peter Kreeft. <laughs> yeah. So the, so the gift of wisdom is the gift of the Holy Spirit, which affects that man under the direct action of the Holy Spirit judges of all things by reference to the highest and, and most sublime of all causes, which is wisdom itself of God insofar as it is made manifest to us by faith. So basically, in a simpler layman's terms... Translate. It's basically saying that it's looking at everything in the light of God. Mm. Right. That makes sense. Yes. And seeing how God would judge it. Yep. 
I remember in uh, Crossroads for Christ, we did a seven-month series on the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. So Paul should be an expert. Well, this was wisdom was wisdom was the first month, and this was twenty eighteen. So <laughs> okay, you're a little five whole years of fast. Yeah, no, I was saying I'm wrong. I lied. It was twenty nineteen. So four years. Four whole years of fast. Four years. Okay, a lot a lot has happened in those four years. It's true, <clears throat> COVID. Um, yeah. So I remember Robert Barron, Bishop Robert Barron, had a video where he went through the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's like an hour lecture he gave somewhere, and he said that an expert will know will know if you think about it, you're on the street and an expert will know how to get from point A to point B, right? You can go down, you can take a right here, you can take a left there and you can take a right there. But somebody who is wise can almost can look at it on like Google maps and see that the there, there, there's, yes, you can go that way, but see that there's a lot of other ways. There's a lot of other connections and there's a lot of other methods and maybe there's something blocking another street and so it's better to go a different way and somebody who is wise can then somebody who's knowledgeable right can get from point a to point b but somebody who's wise can take the higher view of it and look down on the map and and see how all the different pieces are fitting together i would use yeah another analogy that's very uh, practical nowadays that we kind of spoke about in a former episode was about how um you know in especially in the biomedical field there's a lot of things that you can do but the question is, should you do them? Mm-hmm. So expertise can answer, you know, can we create life by just zapping uh, a human egg? Yeah, we can, right? That's very, you know, rough. Obviously, we can't do it exactly like that. But but the question is, should we? And that's what wisdom ha- seeks to answer is, you know, okay, we have got the power, but should we exercise it? How should we exercise it? What's best for the true fulfillment of the human person? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I would argue. So... You know, especially when you look at like wise people in in movies, like I think of like Gandalf, you know, being considered kind of the wise one or Yoda or because it seems like a lot of these great epic tales will often have some sort of a wise figure, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Mm. you know, that has to train the younger one. So does, does one automatically grow in wisdom the older we get? Because certainly all the old wise people are considered, you know, old, the older are wiser, right? Listen to your yeah, because I think, as I started, I think it's the combination. Well, I yeah, a couple of caveats on that. So I think it, you grow in wisdom. Let's say not, let's say and talk about secular for a second. So in a, in a secular sense, you grow in wisdom by a combination of knowledge and experience. Mm. That's how I started. So I think like I can read all the want, but like living a, a lived experience means something. And if you're talking about in a... But I think we have to rightly interpret that lived experience. That's what I was just about to say. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I think if it. we take it into more of a, a spiritual realm, that a lived experience, um, searching or trying to live a virtuous life in the light of God is probably how you grow in wisdom the best. Because I can foresee, you know, somebody going through life and God puts different crosses in their life, but instead of learning from these crosses, they try to avoid them. Or instead of learning from the crosses, they instead, you know, try to live a self-indulgent life mm. to make up for the sufferings that they have to endure, you know? Yeah. I think it's a matter of perspective of, like, what is your highest good, right? Like, is it the possession of God, you know, in eternity? Or is it, are you trying to find your end in the in the things of the world, mm. which are always going to leave you lacking and, mm. um, you know, 
are just insufficient for your ultimate happiness because we were made for God. So to answer your question, I don't think that older people are necessarily wise um, because, I mean, personally, I've just seen a lot of older people very focused on, and I'm not to say, you know, some people have the means and whatever, and they they give a lot to the parish, but like, um, and, and other causes, but they're it seems to me like just listening to conversations at like, you know, supermarkets, shopping, like, you know, you, you just hear people saying, um, you know, they're so focused on like, okay, well, it's, it's like self-indulgence and pleasure, you know, once their kids are out of the house, um, it's like, okay, I'm going to go spend all my days on the golf course, or I'm going to go and buy another house in Florida or, you know, and it's just, it's, it's trying to, to fill up what is lacking in, in material goods mm. as opposed to like, okay, you're older. Like, shouldn't you really be thinking about your mortality and, and the state of your soul and, and <laughs> what, you know, like the, the limited time that you have left? I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm always thinking about my death even now. Um, and it's like, wow, even if God gives me, you know, 30 more years or 40 more years or whatever, it's not a lot of time, you know, to, to do whatever he's called me to do. Um, especially given sort of our fallen human nature, you know, and, and how much time it takes just to, uh, every day is starting anew. So I don't know. Yeah, no, I would agree. I would agree. And I, you know, I think about, um, just the, like, for example, just recently I was reading, a um, not reading, I was, I was talking, well, I was reading a story of this rereading story of the soul, mm. which I know we've recently referenced and it's a, it's a great book if you've never read it, but it's, um, you know, you look at some of the sufferings that young Therese had to go through in her early life. She lost her mother when she was four years old, which would, was a great tragedy. Mm. And when you have a crisis like that, you could turn in one of two ways. You know, you could turn away from God and say, God, why did you do this? I, I don't ever want to follow a God who's going to take my own mother. Or you can say, wow, life is really short, so I'm going to lean into God and wait for that, that heavenly realm where we, we're not separated from our loved ones anymore. And thankfully, she took the second, but a lot of people take the first. And I yeah. think that's the wisdom is being able to interpret that event in light of eternity. Definitely. Yeah. I would say even amongst Christians and Catholics, and I've certainly been guilty of this in the past. Um, I think this is a term that like Father Mike Schmidt uses a lot is practical atheism, right? So mm. it's basically, um, it's this, I think it comes down to a lack of hope or a lack of true faith in the resurrection and Christ's mm. power, right? Because there have been plenty of times in my past life where I've just felt like discouraged and despaired and like, oh, this situation is just impossible or I just don't understand this. And really that comes down to a, a lack real of faith. La yeah, yeah, it's a lack of faith in like Christ, he's he's a living and so he can do anything. And and quite honestly, like whatever he has ordained is is his providence and um fighting against it is never going to give you like happy feelings, right? So it's right. it's it really comes down to like um we all have to grow in trust and abandonment, right? Because that's what love is, trusting. And if we can trust what God is doing in our lives, then no matter what happens, whether it's a failure or an illness or whatever, or if it's a success or, you know, a joy, it's like you're detached from kind of whatever God presents on your path because you know that like you have this deep faith that like he knows my desires better than I know my desires. And, you know, like if we are really praying for our salvation and the salvation of those around us, then we should, you know, like, I don't know. It, it just gives you a peace, right? Yeah. Like in the midst of the storm that this is, 
this is okay because God is with me and God has ordained this. Well, I like what you said about faith because I'm, I'm writing a homily right now about faith. And I guess the line that, that came to my mind that's kind of resonating with me is, faith is living like all this is real. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. You know, that's faith, right? Because mm-hmm. faith is, is more than just a, oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus really rose. It's like, okay, well, Jesus rose. Therefore, my life is going to change drastically. Yeah, it has to look like different. It's all real. Yeah, and I think everyone should ask themselves that question. Like, how do I, in the midst of difficulties and whatever, like, what is my perspective? Do I have faith or am I living just like everyone else, essentially? You know, like allowing the discouragement, the despair, um, you know, just to, to essentially overcome me and overwhelm me. Because if we really believe that God is who he is, then you there's no reason to do that. Yeah, that's certainly true. So is it possible then for a young adult to be wise? Because so often we do look to our elders who have taken the journey first, you know. Do you strive for wisdom? Do you know young adults that are wise? Oh, there's certainly a lot of people that are younger than me that are way wiser than me. Yeah. So I think it's, I I would say it's probably, I would say it's probably, um, I would say I would say the older you get, the more likely you are to have wisdom, but that doesn't mean that somebody who's younger can't be wise. Mm. And they'll probably grow in, well, God willing, they'll probably grow in wisdom as well, even more. Hopefully. Hopefully. I don't know. This, they can there's a lot that can stay on the away. right path. Yeah, they got to stay on the right path. Because wisdom comes with crosses, right? Mm. Seeing everything in the light of eternity means giving up, seeing this, this world as the, as the end. Yeah. Result of our life. Yeah. And I really think that, like, at least for my spiritual life, the biggest um, sort of growth I've seen in the past, like, couple of years has been, like, abandonment and trust. And that has only come through crosses and mm. and kind of seeing God in those crosses, you know, and that n- didn't necessarily happen while I was going through them. But, right. um, you know, like, with age, generally, you know, like, you, you have more of those experiences where you can look back and see, okay, God was you know, like in retrospect where, where he was and you might not have been able to sense that at the time. Um, and so, you know, like the more experience, I guess, of that type of thing that you have, at least in my life, it's helped me to grow in trust, which, you know, um, is, uh, definitely allows me to, to love and abandon myself further to Mm -hmm. him. Yeah. I think that, yeah. And I think also if you're, if you're looking to grow in wisdom and you find yourself in a precarious position, it's good to go see, search, uh, seek out other people that are wise. Yes. Writer, or even if it's writers, people that have, you know, passed or in the present. Yeah, um, that's very true. The past, people in the past can give us great wisdom. Absolutely. And we have, like, we have the written, we have written word. It's it's a miracle, right? Like, <laughs> we, I'm seriously, like, it's, it's it's so important. Um, and we have this stored knowledge from the past that we can rely on. Like, what what are some of your favorite uh, books or authors from the past? That well, I actually one that's not from the past that I so I went through a pretty uh, pretty depressed time back in I think like winter of 2018 or something like that. But that's right when Jordan Peterson was hitting the scene and mm. he was getting really popular. And I read Twelve Rules for Life, and that book that book changed my life. Wow! And it reignited my prayer life. Like it, it brought me. Even though it's it's a very secular book, well, parts of it aren't are kind of religious, but anyway, um, it reignited my spiritual life and friendships, and it I don't know it, it made me better at my job. I, I don't know. It was like it was a it was a life changing book. It was very wise, and it was very wise. Mm. Um, so far as I could see, yeah, 
No, I would. I, you know, I've heard so much good, great things about Jordan Peterson's writings, and yeah, you know, I've really never listened to him or kind of dove in. I probably should do that. Yeah, I pulled a lot out of Confessions too. I read that right at the oh, onset. Augustine. Of, yeah, right at the onset of COVID. Okay, and that was a great book yeah, to great. read because yeah. there was a lot of ups and downs. <laughs> for yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially people who have struggled, you know, and have kind of tried, like, especially in in his case of just trying to find happiness yeah. in, in basically anything other than God. And um, yeah, then just completely having a complete reversal um, and dedicating your life. And it's like, you know, it wasn't a, oh, this lasts for five minutes. I mean, he's, for the rest of his life, he was so intensely, like so, so much more in love with, with God just because of his, I think, because of his past. Well, I think that you hit on an element of wisdom and that is learning the lessons of the journey. Mm. You know, Augustine... Augustine wouldn't be Augustine if he hadn't had that past. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think he learned yeah. the lessons from that, and that's what gave him the the authority and the wisdom to be able to speak so profoundly. So whatever journey God puts you on, you have to learn from those those lessons and instead of trying to avoid them, but be like, God, where are you in the midst of this crisis, this, this suffering? Yeah. yeah. There was another life-changing book. Sorry, I can go on for a little bit, but third, third book, third and final book is a little book, little pamphlet st- Size book called Trustful Surrender to Divine Providence. Mm. That book also changed my life. Um, highly recommend. But again, wisdom from the past, more contemporary, but um, just phenomenal look at why do things happen to you? Why do you have to endure these sufferings and how to practical advice, but also kind of spiritual advice to how to pray into the sufferings that you're provided. And it was very, and some of it was like very interpersonal. Mm. Like, how do you deal with somebody who's who's sinning, and then you have to accept that sin to some extent. And how do you be thankful for that? Hmm. Which is so, like, it's terribly hard. And I was going through stuff with one of my friends at that point. It was like really important that I read that book at that moment. So, wow. Yeah, a lot of good wisdom out there, as it turns out. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Putting into practice is the hard part, right? Do we, we hear the wisdom, but then actually us doing it? Right. It's the prudent. And that, that's where you build the prudence. Hmm. How to, how to act on something and when to. Yeah. And you have to have other gifts. I mean, I'm thinking of fortitude, like just sort of the virtues of fortitude and um, certainly patience and perseverance, right? Because I think especially in our day and age, I mean, with all the technology and the cell phones, like we want instant, like, you know, an instant fix, um, you know, not a lot of effort. And I think that the the spiritual life and just like growth and wisdom, it takes time. It takes experience and um, it takes a lot of patience and perseverance and courage to, um, you know, to trek through and, and to really live in the present moment because those things like they just, they don't happen overnight. Like growth doesn't happen overnight. You don't have, you're not necessarily going to understand the things that happen to you either. Like mm. it's really like diving into trust, you know, that God is, you're not necessarily going to have an answer on this side of heaven. But, you know, like if you have that love, that deep love of God and that trust and abandonment, then you can, you can take those things and accept them, you know, like for what they are of like, okay, God knows what is best for my salvation. And this is, you know, like it's, it's basically living in reality as opposed to like avoiding reality. Yeah. But you know, that's interesting that you talk about kind of like being patient with it, because I think there's no shortcuts to wisdom. There's a lot of shortcuts to expertise and knowledge, right? I mean, you just go to school, you study this or that, you know, you just spend all your time filling your head with facts, but there's no shortcut to wisdom. Yeah. You know, it's not like I got to be wise by the end of this year. Well, I mean, 
it's God's timing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think that, I mean, even the wisest people, the saints in particular, like, I mean, it was a, it, it was still a daily sort of struggle, you know, like asking God for the graces day by day, moment by moment to, um, to fix, you know, like to have sort of an eternal perspective because they weren't, I think it's easy to fall into, you know, thinking that like they were perfect and they had it all together. But, um, I, I don't know, based on my spiritual reading, it seems like, you know, they were, they were just as human as us in terms of struggling against, um, some of those like more human tendencies. Mm, yeah. And I think, yeah. And I think in order, if you're going to be faithful in your wisdom, then you have to be fully reliant on the Holy Spirit in that moment. So, for example, I've had a couple of situations, only a couple, I'm not some wise sage here, um, but I've had a couple of situations where somebody has come to me with something really deep, really hard, and they come to me for whatever reason, and I've, I have no idea what to say, but I'll say, like, Holy Spirit, just open my lips to something that's not terrible, like something that's useful in this moment. And I don't even, sometimes I don't even know what I'm saying, Mm. but from what I've heard, it was helpful. Um, yeah, no, the whole, and so like, I, and and so I, 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 like you can grow in wisdom, but, but I, it wasn't me. It was the Holy spirit allowing me to be wise to some extent in that moment. And so you have to have faith in that and rely on it and fall back and have the humility to know that. Yeah. God knows better than me. Yeah, and and when we make wisdom a part of our life, then it comes forth naturally from us. You know, it's not something that we're going to have to struggle to reach. And I, I just think of when uh, an incident in my life that kind of showed me wisdom in a surprising way. When I was 16, I got my driver's license, like most people, right? And one of my closest friends at the time was a couple of years younger than me, but a very, very devout soul named Stephen. And we're still good friends today. Uh, and And when I told him I just got my driver's license, he said, oh, that's so great. Now you can go to daily mass. And I was like, "What? That's not what I'm going to use my driver's license for." I'd, I like it was it, that would not have been the top 15 things I wanted to do with my driver's license. And it struck me that he had this eternal perspective yeah. on something that was so earthly, right? Just getting your driver's license, right? But he's like, "Great, how's this going to be used for your salvation and your sanctification?" And struck me. Did you go to daily mass? No, I didn't. <laughs> it took me several more years to get there, but that stayed with me. Mm. remembering that it was important to him by the time he was like 14 years old. It was yeah. really like, wow, this, this kid is wise because he had made that such a part of himself. It wasn't, he didn't think twice. He didn't think like, what's, what's the right holy response to say right now? Cause it was just, he was holy at that time. I think he still is, you know, it's great. And that's wisdom. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever read uh, in the old Testament, the book of wisdom or like some of the wisdom literature, like Sirach or Proverbs, Yes. Not not Heart, so much. Parts. Yes, it's not. It's I not can't really quote like, it, but no, but it's so, so great. And didn't Martin Luther, Martin Luther kill the Book of Wisdom and Sirach? Uh, certainly Ecclesiastes. He took out. Yeah, that's one of the. I yeah. think that was one of them. Yeah, but anyway. So, um, so in in the Old Testament, wisdom is personified. They, you know, it's like how you never know, go to Washington D.C. and see like the virtues personified, like mm. there's justice with the blindfold and the scales, you know. But in the same way with wisdom, wisdom is often personified, and and all like the theologians say that that that, that really points to Christ, who is wisdom personified. I mean, mm. how do we see Christ really as being like the the most wise person? I mean, obviously, you know, obviously well, how is he not? He's God, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question. But it amazes me, like when he, you know, whenever he's trapped, 
and the Pharisees try to put him, put him into a corner, he has that wise response that just somehow just kind of cuts right through all the baloney. Yeah. Which goes right to the heart of the matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's great. I'm glad it's recorded. <laughs> <laughs> no comments from you all? He's God, yeah. so... I know. Uh, <laughs> There's nothing to say. Yeah, it's like... True. That's fair. Anyway, okay. So what? I, He's the ultimate you eternal expect, You should all you go home. Expecting more. I was expecting more out of y'all, but more you, than just like you. Yeah. Don't have the wisdom to respond <laughs> to this question. So. Oh, I don't. Other than agree. Sounds good. That's that's all. Awesome. I mean, he's got the ultimate eternal perspective because he's God. So everything is ordered to that, you know? I mean, well, that's true, it, just like in the Garden of Gethsemane of like, you know, not my will, but yours be done. I mean, that's the ultimate sort of, you know, self-sacrifice of he's not living for himself. He literally came to serve. Yeah, that's true. Lay down his life. Yeah. But do you find, I mean, in our search for for that eternal perspective, do you find, though, that like the fact that we are embodied, you know, in the, in the flesh with all of its weaknesses and that we get tired and hungry and all this stuff, I mean, why did God trap us in a body? We, that If we're supposed to have this heavenly perspective, why are we so earthbound? Well, I don't know. I guess it wasn't supposed to be that way, right? (laughs) The fall and um, ultimately, you know, at the end of the ages, we're going to receive our glorified body back, you know, our our bodies back and it's going to be in a glorified state. Um, Well, I think it's a tremendous gift. I mean, we have what the angels don't have. We have a body. Yeah, but I don't think the angels are like, oh man, I wish I had a body. They're like, thank goodness I don't have one of those things. Maybe. But well, why did Jesus subject himself to hunger and, you know, thirst and all these things? I mean, he, he chose to save us through his body, so our bodies are, are yeah, extremely important. Yeah, bodies are essential. It's just hard to keep that eternal perspective. When yeah, it makes when it harder. so trapped in our, our physical limitations, you know? Yeah. No, I don't know. I, I don't... Maybe I should think about that, but I don't necessarily think about that. No. No, because, I mean, God created man and called it very good as opposed to just good. He did, yeah. So there's, there's something to that. Sure. And, and maybe, so it's a gift. And so and it allows us to... Maybe I'm I just being Gnostic. Maybe. Which, I mean, the Gnostics were very much into, like, matter is evil and only the spirit is good. Yeah, it's Manichaeism. Manichaeism. Yeah, Manichaeanism, which yeah. uh, Augustine fell That's into right. for quite yeah. some time. It's an eternal heresy. There's no new heresy, right? Who said that? I can't remember. I don't know, but it's true, yeah. Yeah, so, but yeah, we have to live in our bodies, and our bodies allow us to have a physical manifestation of love, which is why we had the fall, right? You have the fall so that you can choose love. You you don't, you, you, in order to love, it must be willed. It has to be free, yeah, absolutely. It has to be free. Yeah. So in order for us to be free, we had to fall. So we had to fall? Yeah. Oh, necessary fault of Adam. Yeah, but like... For you to be my friend, does that mean like first you have to, you know, insult me and then no. then then come back to be reconciled? I mean, is that how friendship works? No, no, but clearly it was necessary for our salvation. It was necessary for us to exist to some extent. What the fall? Yeah, oh, I don't not? know about that. I don't know. I think we could have survived without the fall. But then, then would, what, why we wouldn't we wouldn't. We wouldn't have the sa- well we we wouldn't need a savior. We right? wouldn't need a savior, but the savior is what is what and we wouldn't have death. True. True. And in order to in order to go to in order to go to heaven and experience the resurrection of the body, you need to die. But what if we were just like our blessed mother and fell asleep? Well the church Could've hasn't been. the church hasn't decided whether or not Mary died or not. 
True. There's no doctrine on that, but thank you. True, although the Eastern Church calls it the Feast of the Dormition. Dormition, sleeping. Our Lady falling asleep, yeah. Yeah. But so anyway. I don't know, it's just, it's, just, it's a perspective because that's that's the struggle that we have in wisdom is we we're, we do find ourselves dragged down to the things of this earth because of perhaps our concupiscence, our fallen nature, but... Yeah, we are. Uh, I don't know. The story of the theology of the body would say, you know, um, that, you know, our body is sort of... <sighs> In terms of the the marriage covenant, you know, between God and and His people, mm-hmm. um, that our bodies sort of image that that covenant of love, especially in the union of man and woman, and um, our bodies tell that story, right? Of yeah. that we're we're meant to be wedded to God, right? Ultimately, and yeah. that we're not made for ourselves, and we're made in the image and likeness of God, right? Even in the flesh, or just we were soul? made in the image and likeness of God. It does. It's it's full stop, right? And then Jesus became man. What well, God became man so, through Jesus, so, who was born before who was born before all ages. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to keep challenging you because we can go down a rabbit. No, I'm just saying like, we're, we Well, he did create us physically, and it was, we were made in the image and likeness of God. So it must be both, right? Or is that wrong? I've always thought that it was in our spiritual nature that we were in the image, image and likeness of God. Because also at the resurrection of the body, we're going to get our bodies back. True. And maybe we're made in the image and likeness of Christ who was foreseen at that moment. Yeah, because he was born of the Father before all ages. Uh, not as humanity, though. No. Only as divinity. Yeah, but it was it was already deemed, well... God's us had a time, so... <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> we could keep going. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's very mysterious. But the point is... The whole, whole point of this whole episode. I know. How do we get off that? We're now, supposed to talk about wisdom. As it, as, as it is time to wrap up. Theology. Did you cut out the last three minutes? Never, no. That's, <laughs> Mr. Producer, don't cut out the th- last three minutes. No, there was a good, it was a good theological debate, and I'm glad we recorded it. But anyway, no, the point is uh, we have now wrapped up our, our discussion of wisdom, but we can all seek wisdom even as young adults, even as young people, because wisdom is simply having that eternal perspective, as we mentioned, and seeing things through the eyes of God evaluating everything properly, and we, we gain that wisdom by being willing to, to surrender, trust, and take the journey, learn the lessons that God wants to, to reveal to us as we continue on through life, especially embracing our crosses. Perhaps, perhaps we'll grow in wisdom and know when and when not to go down tangents. <laughs> no, but tangents are fun. So that's they good. are. Speaking of which, you should listen to The Tangent, yep. featuring Father yep. Sam Fertuba and our good friend Matt Sparaza. It's also on Veritas Catholic Network, where you found Restless, which is 1350 AM, 103.9 FM, and wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in next time.